A reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 to 20, found on page 1014 on the Pew Bibles. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that the census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. While the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they heard off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed and what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of God. Good morning and Merry Christmas to you all. So glad that you braved the snow and uh, came out. Special kudos to Dan and Nish Andrews, who brought their one-week-old child with them this morning. How beautiful is that? Congratulations, Dan and Nish and Annika. Um, before we get started with the sermon, I have something for the kids. I'm not going to venture over there because I think my mic and that speaker are not going to play well together. Kids, so any kids here? Come on up. I got something for you. It's Christmas, so we got some presents here. that you can open and use during the service. But before that, I got a question for you. How do you feel when you're in a really, really dark place? Do you ever get scared? I do too, I know. I can feel a little frightened. What helps you when you're feeling frightened in a dark place? 
light, yeah, like a flashlight if you're out camping in the dark woods and a flashlight is, or a candle, like we got a candle. Christmas is a little bit like a candle, a light for people who are living sort of scared in the dark. That's the good news of Christmas is that Jesus has come and he is God's light for frightened people. And so in each of these little packages here for you, which you can open up, look what's inside. There's a candle. So there's a little black switch underneath. You know what you can do? Turn it on. And you got a little candle going on. That's a little picture, a little sign of what Christmas is like, of how Jesus is the light of the world for some frightened people. There's some other good stuff in there too, like a little pad of paper and pen. And maybe you can draw a picture of something that you've heard today um, in the service. And you can share that with your mom and your dad later on. So here you go. Merry Christmas. Yeah, you guys pick whichever one you want. And then you can go back to your seats. Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for this beautiful day that you've given to us. This grand, beautiful celebration of God with us, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We pray that you would speak to us in so many ways, through all the good songs of joy that we sing, through the Christmas story, through the friendship we enjoy. Meet us today, God, with your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I don't think I'm telling you anything new if I tell you it's, it's, uh, we live in a world marked by fear. Sort of like the lines of fear and anxiety are etched on the face of our society. And there's so many things that we're fearful about. We can inventory them all. Fear, but fear is, is, is the thing that at the base of all of our fights and debates, fear of missing out is what drives so much of our consumerism. Fear of, of losing makes us lose the most, actually. Fear gets used to influence policies, to increase ratings, to win votes, to get you to buy things you don't need. And unless we let love drive out fear, fear will always drive out love, along with compassion and joy and any peace that we might find. But there is a story, it is the Christmas story, a story of good news, that, that a story that saves, a story of rejoicing because it proclaims the end of fear. And not surprisingly, this story begins with fear. What's fascinating about the accounts of Jesus' birth is how much fear dominates people's reactions and responses to it. And not just fear. In the story we read today, literally, terror. Terror. In verse 8 of Luke 2, um, which accounts for Jesus' birth, we read about the shepherds, the shepherds who are in the dark. And they're perfectly content there, aren't they? Uh, they're calm, they're peaceful, all is calm as the shepherds are in the dark. Um, the shepherds were abiding in the field, but as soon as God's light comes, they're freaked out, they're terrified. 
When they're in the dark, they're all right, interestingly enough, but when the light comes, when God's light comes, they're terrified. And it tells us here, as one translation puts it, the King James translation says, and they were sore afraid. And they're trying to get at, uh, translate, uh, 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 sort of a typical ancient way of trying to highlight or bold or italicize something in the text. And what they do is they repeat a word twice. And so here in this, in the Greek of this text, the Greek word for fear is, by the way, phobos. We get our word phobias from that, so phobos. Here it is phobeo, phobos, fearfully afraid. They were not just afraid. No, no, no. They were fearfully afraid. They were terrified. And what we see here going on is is really one of the main themes you see traced throughout Scripture. And it's a theme that's that's sort of removed or distant from some of the nostalgia that you might feel at Christmas. But one of the main themes is is that men and women love the darkness, that we're quite comfortable with the darkness, and that when the light of God shines initially, it can be a terrifying experience. Because the truth is the glory of Christmas is startling. It's, it's shocking. And whenever God gets close to you, it's shocking because it shows you're not God. That is the startling realization often. The light, the glory of God reminds us that we are creatures, that we are small, that we are limited. And all of a sudden something so much larger impinges upon us and that scares us. We are not God. And the angel, of course, knows that fear. I think, you know, when angels go into training, they have pretty standard, you know, repertoires. You know, any engagement in humans, first thing you need to say is, do not fear. The angel knows what's going on in the hearts and minds of these shepherds. And so the angel says right away, fear not. Now, the passage we read this morning doesn't say that. Some translations put it, fear not, for behold. What the angel's doing is, is responding to the shepherd's condition. The angel is saying, listen, do not be afraid, because look, look. Look at what? Look, listen to good tidings of great joy I bring. Good tidings, that phrase, we get our word gospel from it. Look at the gospel. Look at the good news of Jesus Christ. The angel says, I know you're being afraid. All human beings are afraid when they get into the light of God's glory, God's truth. But you don't have to be afraid if you behold the truth that I'm going to tell you. If you behold the truth I'm about to give you, love will then drive out any fear you have. The gospel of joy will fill your life. What the angel is saying is, you no longer need to live in fear if you get a grip on the message of Christmas. And the point of Christmas, uh, the message, is that it shows us, yes, human beings live in fear. We all do. And, and, and it's, it's like the, the light of God reveals that fear finally. We've always lived with that fear. Maybe sometimes we've gotten so used to it we don't even see it or know it. And the light of God reveals it. But the Bible says that the message of Christmas, if you behold what the angel is saying, the good tidings, the good news, you can, you can be done with fear. There's a clear connection, there's a logic, a distinct gospel logic proclaimed here between the end of fear and beholding. Fear not, for behold. 
There's a connection. If you're afraid, you're not beholding something. You're not seeing, listening, grasping onto something. If you're not afraid, you have beheld something. Something actually has gripped you. Something has gotten a hold of you. And Christmas says it is the end of fear because of the good news has gotten a hold of you. But beholding what? What is this message? The Christmas message, the angels invite us to look, to see, to grab hold of God's good news that drives out fear. For unto you this day is born a Savior, Christ the Lord. That's it. And if you get a hold of that, fear moves out and you live in light. Jesus is born a Savior. This tells us the first part of the good news, that someone has come who's born a Savior. The Savior has come into human history as a human person. Philippians 2, which is another take on the Christmas story, but it gives it from sort of a a 30,000 God uh, perspective. It talks about how Jesus Christ, even though he was God, did not consider that reality something to be grasped on, to held on to. Instead, he laid it aside. He gave it up. He emptied himself, and he became a servant, and he became obedient, and he died on a cross. Now, why did he do that? Why did he become a man? Because he, he lived this perfect life that we were meant always to live out. He died the death that we should have had. He took our place. He took our punishment so that if we receive him as Savior, all of his work, all of his goodness is given to us. It, it is, is, his benefits are transferred to us, and, and we are welcomed as God's children. A Savior has come and delivers this for us. This is the good news. And we celebrate Christmas, you know, not to escape all the world's cruelty and violence, but to recognize it is a hard place. It is a fearful place. And to all those fearful hearts, it is there that Jesus Christ, the good news, comes to live, where the life of God in Jesus is reborn. That is the good tidings that end fear. But note, it is not just a Savior. It is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord. A second part of this good news that we need to let hold, grab, heart, grab our hearts Some of us can hear the good news of the Christmas message, and and yet it still doesn't drive out the fear of our lives because we haven't allowed the reality of Christ the Lord to grip our hearts. Because if Jesus is just yet one more prophet, if Jesus is just one more teacher of love and peace, that's just not enough to drive out fear. What has the power to drive out fear is a Savior who is the Lord. Now think of that, this vulnerable child. If you get a chance to see a baby, go see Dan and Nish and their beautiful little child, Annika. This, I saw the baby before. This tiny, tiny little child. And to think, Jesus Christ born as a child, that is the Lord of history? That's a remarkable thing. Think of the Christmas carol we, we sing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, in, in which we sing Christ, the everlasting Lord. This is who this baby is. The everlasting Lord, the Lord of history of all time, who has come into time, who has come from heaven for us. 
behold, grab a hold of that reality and, and, and do that by giving him the proper place of priority in your life. This challenges, Christ as Lord challenges the deep desire of ours to be really Lord of our own life, to remain in control of our lives, to belong to ourselves in some sense. But fear ends when we place our trust fully in Jesus, when we we behold Christ, the everlasting Lord, when we trust his wisdom, when we follow his ways, when we give weight to all that he says as opposed to giving weight to what others might say or think of us. Fear not. For behold, the child is your Savior. This baby, the Lord of all history, has entered history for you. The King has come and he's laid aside his glory so that no more may we die, but instead have life. You want a picture of what that is like? There's a beautiful picture of what It's like for fear to lose its grip on you because of the good news of the gospel. And it is found in a Christmas classic. Have you ever seen the Charlie Brown Christmas? If not, and you know what, even if you have, watch it today, okay? Because it is good. And throughout the show, it's interesting, Charlie Brown, the main character, is is trying to find the meaning of Christmas. And he's asking everyone. And at one point in, in the story, he's just exasperated and he cries out isn't there anyone who knows what christmas is all about and then one character linus you remember linus right what does linus carry around his security blanket and throughout the whole charlie brown christmas special people are trying to get linus to get rid of his security blanket but he clutches on tightly so here's linus with his security blanket and in response to charlie brown who says isn't there anyone who knows what christmas is about linus says sure charlie brown I can tell you what Christmas is about. And he begins to recite Luke chapter 2, which we read this today, which we heard read. And it's at this beautiful scene that you can miss so quickly that you see what happens when the gospel grabs a hold of you and fear is driven out. Because here is Linus reciting Luke chapter 2, clutching a security blanket, and when he says these words, for behold... I tell you the good news. Linus drops his blanket, and he doesn't pick it up. That is an intentional thing that Charles Schultz is, uh, is preaching to us there. The moment Linus drops that security blanket is the moment where fear goes. The moment when we let go of all those false securities we carry around is the moment when we have beheld the good news that Christ the Savior has been born. The birth of Jesus pushes away those fears, bringing with it joy and peace. The birth of Jesus allows us to simply drop all those false securities that we have just been clutching onto like a security blanket when we learn to trust and cling to him instead. Our world can be a scary place, no doubt, and most of us find ourselves grasping to something for security whatever that might be. But here's the Christmas message. Behold, fear not, behold. Grab hold of the story of Christ the Lord. Our King has come, friends. Christmas tells this amazing story of God, and the one line that repeats throughout the whole story, more than any other line in the whole story of God, almost like this 
this blinker that comes again and again, a refrain for a fearful world is, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of the unknown when you know the one who has done the impossible for you. Do not be afraid of what might fall into your life or how you might fail when you know the arms of God are stronger than any failure that can come your way. Do not be afraid of any evil because he is greater than any evil that can come at you. He who is in you, in the depths of you, breathing his courage into your very bones is greater than any evil you might face. Do not be afraid to see the brilliant, luminous face of God in the dark, in places where you did not expect. Because, friends, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome. Do not be afraid of laying down your life in so many different ways, because the Savior of the world has laid down his life and has risen to new life. Laying down your life is the only way ever to rise. So this Christmas, behold this. The God of the universe, the one who is truth, the one who holds all strength, has come into this scary, violent world as the most vulnerable, helpless, gentle baby Jesus, a Savior, the Lord. Behold this. Christ has come as a vulnerable child into a suffering warring world so that no one would be intimidated, so that all would come close, so that no one would be excluded or discounted, so that all might hold him and behold the glory that saves. Behold this, friends, and rejoice. Let's pray. Our Father, we pray this Christmas, God, that um, we, we would not be a crowd of spectators. You know, going through all the, the, the stuff that we love about Christmas that makes us feel good, but that nothing at the root of who we are has changed. God, I pray that you would make everyone in this room like those shepherds who were changed, who went from fear to rejoicing, I pray that you would make us like Mary, who, who knew how to simply give your truth her sustained attention and focus. I pray, Lord, that you would teach us how to give ourselves fully to yourselves, that you would help us not to be like so many people around us who, who came to Jesus, actually, and who, who were sort of overcome with his ordinariness and missed, missed Godhead veiled in flesh. God, help us to behold, give us the eyes to see all the ways that you do come to us, speak to us, address our lives. God, so often we expect something spectacular. We want angels, we want something great. Instead, you send shepherds. And so as we come to this child, this baby, this approachable, vulnerable child, give us the eyes to behold the good news that brings great joy. And so give us great joy today, Jesus, because you did not wait until the world was ready, but you came 
when this world was so unsteady. You did not wait for the perfect time. You did not wait till our hearts were pure and clean. You came when the need was profound and great. And in joy, you came to this broken world of sin and doubt. You came, and your light, God, has not gone out. You came to a world that is fragile and broken. You came to heal all that is bruised and bloodied. In you, Jesus, the mystery of the world is born. You, the maker of the stars, the the one who flung planets into orbit, you, the Lord of all. And so, God, we pray that you would help us not to wait until this world has it all together, until this world is sane, to raise our songs of joy, to raise our voices, to speak the beautiful message that you have come among us. So give us loud hearts, of great joy as we rejoice in Jesus Christ who has come among us. In his name we pray, amen.